Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on the phone with me right now, Belinda Belaski, and she played Terry Fisher in The Howling. Hey, Belinda, how you doing? Good morning. I'm good. Thank you. How are you, Scotty? I'm doing good. I'm on my lunch break from work right now so I can do this interview, and it's so exciting that I get to spend my lunch break with you. Oh, that's nice. What are you having for lunch? Nothing right now. I'll probably eat uh, while I work. I'll probably have, like, the slice of pizza. Hard to talk and eat at the same time. Absolutely. So So the first question I got for you is, how did you get your start into acting? You know, I had this um, this thing happen when I was a little child. Um, when I was about five years old, and I had awakened before the rest of the family, and I was walking down the hall towards my mom and dad's room when I heard this voice, believe it or not, and <laughs> booming from the ceiling um, that said that my life was going to be about communication and that I was going to be an actor. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And then it stopped, and I went in to see my mom and told her, and she looked at me like I was crazy. But the rest of my life, I chose to follow that voice. And mm-hmm. at every corner, I, if I had a choice, I would choose to follow that voice and be, you know, go for my career. And and started actually quite young. Uh, very shortly after, I started writing little plays for the neighborhood kids and charging the parents to come see them. And, you know, I just started doing what the voice basically told me I was going to be doing. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. And, I mean, it paid off, obviously. I mean, so many things, you know what I mean? So, Lucky thing, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, what, so what was your audition like for The Howling? Well, you know, it is one of the only times I worked for Joe that I did not audition. Okay. Um, actually, John Sells, when I met him on the set in the morgue scene, told me he had written that part for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that when he saw what I had done with Betsy from Piranha, mm-hmm. um, the character I created out of what he wrote, he said, I love that what you created so much. I just took that character and placed her into the howling. She's not in the book. She's not in anything I created her nice. but I created her from from you you know so nice. it was really nice to hear that from John Sales yeah that's a really big uh, you know a big compliment right there that's really cool <laughs> I, was, I was living in Hawaii I kept saying to Joe do you want me to fly in and audition and he said no and I'm like Joe, Joe but shouldn't I I mean because he was holding auditions mm-hmm. for the part and other parts and I said but you're holding auditions he said legally I have to Oh, right. I said, but let me come in and audition. And he said, you might blow it. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, right. The only one I didn't audition for before and after I had to audition for him all 12 times I worked for him. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. So what was your death scene like and how was it filmed for The Howling? Oh, that scene was extraordinary because I was in that... Um, you know, that little harness mm-hmm. where they lift me up in the air. And, um, well, the funny thing is that, you know, we had shot the close-ups mm-hmm. um, uh, long before Rob finished making The Werewolf. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when we were on set doing the movie, he hadn't finished The Werewolf. So mm-hmm. he, Joe went ahead and he did all my close-ups 
pushing the gurney at me and, you know, tossing <laughs> me into this corner and throwing this at me. And, um, and three months later, called me up and said, we finished the werewolf. So now I had to match shots that I did three months earlier. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was a little bit restricted, but once they got me up in the air, that was all brand new stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I said to Joe... I said, just at the end of this, do me a favor and have John pan down to my feet. He said, your feet? Why do I don't want to pan down to your feet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, said, I said, just do it, please. You know, and I looked mm-hmm. at John, and John gave me a wink. So I knew he was going to pan, right? Mm-hmm. And I did that little kick at the end, and they just loved it. So, right. you know, it, was just, it just worked out really, really well. Nice, nice. So what was the hardest part of any of your scenes that you had to film? Uh, laying under the lights with raw chicken on me. Oof. <laughs> uh, when Rob was... <laughs> after I died, you know, they bring me into the barn, mm-hmm. and I'm laying there, and I'm supposed to be, I guess, raw parts of my body that he, you know, mm-hmm. scratched open. Um, but basically, they laid raw chicken on me, okay? And I was, like, freaking out. Right. <laughs> Plus, I put those eye, those eye things in my eyes, and so... Yeah. Anyway, I did it the first day, and then after that, when they had to do re- remakes, you know, reshoot that scene or add parts to that scene, they mm-hmm. used an understudy. I said, there's no way I'm laying under those lights while the chicken <laughs> is cooking under the lights on my body. <laughs> you know, well, right. Right, exactly. So what was the best part about filming The Howling, and what was the worst? The best part of filming filming The Howling was filming it. You know, I mean, every part of it. I love Mendocino. It's a place that I always wanted to end up living. And I I had done a lot of camping up in that area, so when I found out location was Mendocino, Mm -hmm. I was ecstatic, you know. Um, It's old stomping grounds for me, and um, I just love the whole area. So Mm -hmm. all the... The panning shots, the running shots. Well, I actually, I start running in Mendocino, California, which mm-hmm. is way up north. And uh, end up in Griffith Park running and then end up in Big Bear running. Mm-hmm. So I'm running the entire state of California, I guess. <laughs> um, if you watch the trees, you'll see they change. But you have to watch them in slow motion because it's all, you know, I'm speeding through. Right. Um, but, you know, the whole thing was fun because Joe and I had done... The, the, I had done Piranha with him, mm-hmm. and, you know, I just had an, a real affinity with the people that I was working with. Mm-hmm. Michael Katz was lighting it, and I had worked with him on two other films. A lot of the crew I knew from other films I had done, from Bobby mm-hmm. Joe and The Outlaw, from Cannonball, and from Piranha, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was kind of like a family that was growing, and... It, you know, Dee was just a delight mm-hmm. for me. Dee and I totally connected and had a wonderful time together. We're still awesome. really good friends. And, nice. You know, it just the the people that were there were really working hard to pull mm-hmm. it together to do this low-budget film. And when you're right. doing low-budget, you're really not making any money. But everybody is fighting like crazy to make the best <laughs> film that they can. Absolutely. You know? and that's what's so magical about it. And, right. of course... Rob Bottin, I, I can never leave him out because he mm-hmm. he is the magic that brought the whole thing together with his special effects. Absolutely. So speaking of Dee Wallace, what was it like working with her? 
I love her. I mean, she's great. She's yeah. just a great, funny girl. You know, I'm sure you you know by her yeah. interview. Yep. I mean, you know, she's got the foulest mouth of all, and she always wears <laughs> white, so she looks perfectly pure and innocent while this stuff is rolling out of her mouth. <laughs> you know, she cracks you up. You can't help but laugh. She's right. so funny. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was funny. Because... She's just a wonderful person. You know? Right, because I know, like, our we had an interview scheduled, and uh, when and uh, she said, "Hey, Scotty, um, I'm so sorry, but I have I have to be on set. I was told I have to be on set last minute, and I have to interview with you, but I don't want to cancel. So um, I have to limit you to like 30 minutes, um, and I'm gonna do the interview while I'm in hair and makeup. So we did the interview, and she gave me like 35, 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> she's great, isn't she great? She really is. Ever. She's she just, really is. You know, she just really makes it helps to make it happen. She does Absolutely. everything to, you know, she just has that team, that team thing, you know, yeah, where absolutely. we can do it. Don't worry about it. We'll make it, you know. Absolutely. So, um, how did the mood feel like on set when you were filming your scenes with the werewolf? Oh, well, you know, once we finally got the werewolf, it was three mm -hmm. months later. And, right. you know, I had been, I went back to Hawaii and, you know, it, was, it went back to my life. And so it was like kind of joggling to come back and try mm -hmm. to remember uh, what I had done three months ago in my close-ups because right. I was trying to match them. And I kept saying to the hair and makeup lady, Gigi, I kept saying, Gigi, my hair is like three inches longer. And she's like, no, it's not. I have photo, I have Polaroids. It's it's perfect. I said, no, it's longer. You should trim it. And she's like, no, it's not. But if you watch my death scene, you will see my hair go boop, 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 boop. <laughs> but you got to watch it in slow motion because you really, you get so caught up uh -huh. in the scene that you forget to even notice it, you right. know? Right, right. Uh, but it was, it was really fun because Rob, you know, Rob's a genius. I mm -hmm. mean, it's just really fun to be, uh, in a situation where you're being thrown around the room, things right. are coming at you, you're filming them off, and, you know, it's... it's. I had a, an acting school uh, for the last 30 years, mm -hmm. and I actually did a scene from, um, what was it? Uh, it was a oh, the Helen Hunt movie, mm -hmm. uh, Twister. Okay. And, and uh, you know, these are kids, BB's kids. Right. So I, it was kind of my teen kids. So I had taken this huge fan, and I laid it down on the floor, and I had this big, long table. And I said, okay, you're in the twister. And I want you to imagine, you know, and they'd have to get down <laughs> under the table, and the wind would be blowing right. their hair. And you yeah. can't laugh, you know, you have to take this very seriously. And, mm -hmm. I mean, it's really fun to do that kind of work, yeah, you know? absolutely. It's what we did as kids, you know, play right. pretend and... And it's, it's just magical. Really, it is. Absolutely. So do you know how the process of creating the werewolf, what, like what that process was? Yes, it was long. <laughs> <laughs> it was very long and very perfect. I mean, he, yeah. he is a genius, Rob. Right. There's nothing less I can say about him. Mm -hmm. I met him when he was 16 or something, you know, on the set of Piranha. Mm -hmm. And he was at one point sitting across from the pool with his head... You know, with his head on his, in right. his, you know, his, his fist kind of doubled up on his knee and his mm -hmm. head was on his fist. It's kind of like the thinker, you know, right. the statue of the thinker. <laughs> and this image is emblazoned in my brain because mm -hmm. that's how I see Rob Bottin as this genius thinker who can create magic out of, out of dust. Right, you know? absolutely. So I'm assuming it wasn't like somebody in like a werewolf costume or a werewolf mask or like makeup um, or anything. They did, yes. Yes, there okay. was. Um, and 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 you know when when, it, but when he begins to pop 
up and the muscles come on and the jar goes, you know, it's mm-hmm. all puppetry, you know. Oh, nice, yeah. Um, but yes, there was somebody in in a big suit, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much of that they really use. You know, when you see him in the office, there there certainly is a lot of that. But you see mm-hmm. that mostly they use silhouetted shots of him, right, right, um, because it was so much more effective mm-hmm. and. You know, Joe was such a Michael Powell uh, fiend, you know, that (laughs) even if you look at a student film, you will see those shots with the blinds, you know. Absolutely. The same same (laughs) shading and lighting and, you know, that he was doing in The Howling, he had done in his student film. And it all comes from being a a great fan of Michael Powell. Absolutely. Definitely. And it was was brilliantly done. It's it's a really great film. I mean, it's one of the best, like, you know. nobody like John Horror either. I mean, he is literally... I just love him as a cinematographer. Yeah. No one ever made me look as good as he did. That's awesome. So the last question I got for you, uh, do you have any appearances or projects that you would like to plug or promote to our listening audience? Well, I mean, I have a lot of things that, I'm in, that I've got my, my fingers on right now. Mm-hmm. I'm in the throes of trying to published my rock and roll book i shot rock and roll i well mainly not really rock and roll it was more like crosby stills and nash concerts and Mm -hmm. uh cause concerts bonnie Raitt and jackson brown and james taylor those kinds of concerts that i shot for 30 years right and i have um pictures of everybody you could ever think of you Mm -hmm. know and i'm putting them together into this book and trying to get that published called right. Rockin' the Causes. Right. Um, so you can be watching out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also in the throes of trying to publish a couple of my own novels that I've written, and I have a play that I wrote um, about 20 years ago that I did three times to standing ovations in nice. this amazing LA Times review. They're resurrecting it in New York now, and I'm just thrilled about it. I cannot mm-hmm. wait to see what this new director is doing, going to do with it. Um, But like I said, I have so many different things going on like that. It's, um, it's, it's really a magical time in my life. That's so awesome. So, and if if you have any other film projects coming out for anybody listening to this, check out our IMDb page as well. That'll be updated. I'm sure as well. Uh, Well, you know, I really don't because I've Mm -hmm. sort of retired from acting. Okay. You know, of course, John, Joe said, come on and do Nightmare Cinema, <laughs> and I'm like, Joe, and he's like, come on, just, you know, and I said, okay, so, you know, I did do that, I don't mm-hmm. know how, how, I don't think this film was very, you know, seen by that many people or anything, right. but, you know, I I have an unrecognizable part in that, that I really <laughs> enjoyed doing, because, you know, i just curious that anybody ever knows that it's me. You right, know? absolutely. Well, I thank you, Belinda, for joining me. You're welcome. All right. Well, you Thank you, ha- you for asking yeah, me. Not a problem. I'm glad to have you on. I know uh, Greg Gilbert also highly recommended an interview with you. Uh, Greg Gilbert with Python's Paradise. I believe you were interviewed by him once. Yeah, yeah. he's really fun. I've yeah. been inter- interviewed with him a few times. Yeah, you know? that's right. Yep. Yeah, and he's, he's terrific. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a great guy. So, uh, well, I thank you so much for joining me. It's been an honor. Thank you. All right. You Take have a good care. rest of your day. All okay, right. bye-bye. Bye.